Welcome to Machine Learning. <clears throat> kind of a chilly morning this morning uh, in Idaho, wherever you are in your part of the world. Um, things are changing quickly. One of the things that uh, I looked at yesterday was uh, innovations in construction. And um, there's a robot uh, named Sam, and it can lay down 6,000 bricks in one day where an average um, worker could maybe do 500. And uh, so it's six times as fast to do the, uh, to do the, uh, put down the bricks for the mortar. And uh, they're saying that uh, uh, that the robot is really good at cleaning up the mortar after putting the brick down. So leaves a really precise pattern. Now another one that has started to catch on is 3D printing of homes, where uh, that the the concrete is uh, printed out in different uh, in different continuous uh, pattern, where there's no sharp edges. And they were saying that the the robot can uh, print different types of material so it can do certain times it can print uh, concrete other times it can print metal and uh, they're thinking that uh, that there might be in the future homes that are completely 3d printed and uh, and so that it can basically work 24 hours non-stop you know so you bring the supplies and and uh, and then the concrete printer will print out the home. And uh, then you come in with the finishing and, and so forth. So our, the use of concrete for homes is, uh, uh, could be quite appealing. And uh, the other approach is kind of like the uh, modular approach where you take a steel container and you spray inside of it, you spray a, um, uh, a styrofoam insulator and then you put down a concrete floor and then you build uh, divisions uh, for rooms inside. And so you already have your structure that you're working with and then you build the uh, container inside and then you can add uh, different uh, textures and materials to the outside in a more of a modular home. And that's also becoming uh, more important, uh, popular. And uh, one thing that I, I think is uh, we start to see an increase in uh, conservationism and so forth where gas prices continue to climb 
and we still hear politicians talking about you know replacing oil instead of within the next 50 years within the next 10 years um, that uh, that you'll see more regulation of companies that are like uber where they might have to instead of contracting out employees they would have to do uh, full-time employees which would increase the cost to the consumer uh, they, they hire full-time employees because they're required to pay uh, certain certain benefits to those employees and so those uh, um, as those costs increase then that's transferred on to the customer so then it costs uh, the customer more money to uh, drive an Uber to work or to the airport and so forth, recreation. And uh, so the move seems to be that uh, the wealthy will be able to drive their electric cars where the poor will not. And so uh, more and more vehicles then will uh, be converted to electric at the same time you have this increased pressure for because of rising fuel prices to uh, uh, inhibit the uh, inhibit the uh, gas powered vehicles and uh, and so there's going to be So there's going to be uh, a need for um, more mass transit, so bus systems, and uh, that, we, that will be paid by uh, city debt and increased uh, as increased public transportation becomes critical. Then uh, you'll see light rail, uh, more busing, and it's it's just a way to. Re- have us lose our transportation, autonomous transportation called automobiles. So that trend towards bigger city planning, higher uh, taxes, property taxes, and uh, and more public works seems to be a pattern that uh, is forcefully going to be imposed on us to uh, try to move us out of driving vehicles. And I hope that in Idaho that that doesn't happen um, that we see we still see that we have we can drive our trucks we can drive our cars and that you know public uh, transportation uh, provides the means for city dwelling but if you're you don't dwell in the city then you'll still be able to drive your car to work but as you see the the transformation uh, it really is quite amazing in my mind that uh, that electric has become so popular uh, you see some a lot of car companies and now are introducing electric um, versions of their vehicle they've got a I saw one on uh, GM they're introducing a, a electric truck looks like it's gonna be real powerful and, uh, and it's gonna have a, a great uh, 
strong battery. Uh, I, even when I was driving the other day and I was looking at the bus systems, uh, it had a electric plug. It said electric outlet. And it made me wonder if the bus, some of the buses that are running around Boise are electric. It used to be uh, natural gas, uh, compressed natural gas, but now I'm starting to wonder if they've converted over to electric. And so the, these large, bu uh, large vehicles now have batteries that can power them. And so will we start seeing the introduction of semis that are electric, uh, especially if they're running local uh, routes and, you know, it's basically maybe an eight-hour cycle or so of transportation, will we start seeing, will we start seeing more uh, electric trucks in that sense? And then... Uh, you know, popularity of e-bikes. Uh, people moving around can move around at maybe 20, 30, 40 miles an hour on an e-bike. Uh, will that be acceptable transportation? So as fuel costs go up, will we start seeing more people uh, adopting to ride an e-bike to work? Especially if the weather is permitting, you know, it's a fairly nice weather. Only cost a few cents to of electricity to um, ride to work and back. And then the cost of the e-bike and the several thousands of dollars, uh, but at the same time, cheaper than a car or electric car. One of the big problems I have with electric car is not that it isn't a cool design, it's that it's a power drain. It's gonna pull power from the grid. Um, the batteries have to be recycled uh, you know, and uh, they're extremely expensive. If they had an electric car that, you know, like like BYD that could sell for, say, twenty-two thousand or less, I think that the adoption of electric car would even be faster by the poor. But it seems like that they're not interested in uh, a low-cost electric car. They're interested in. Uh, a luxury vehicle so they're marketing it as the luxury vehicle stylish you know popular fast sporty uh, long range and, and those type of the things that are appealing to the sector with money um, so uh, it seems like that uh, the in the area of uh, big construction, you know, welding can be used. Uh, one of the things I was also noticing yesterday is the use of uh, uh, ther thermography. And what that is, is they're using thermal scans of the concrete to detect if there's defect. Now, there's, they're saying that the way they do that now is kind of acoustically that they, they hammer, they just drop a hammer or something on the concrete and they listen for stress points uh, where the concrete might have a stress. And like they do that for freeways to see if there might be any defects in the concrete. Um, another area where they're using robots is to build the rebar and to put the rebar down. 
So, you know, in the future, when you look at the speed and time to build a freeway, it's very slow. Um, they have the materials can be delivered by, by semi-truck, and but the actual preparation of the road, the putting down of the rebar, uh, the the pouring of the concrete it's it's a very slow process and lots of manual work to operate the equipment if you could convert most of the systems to automation they could run 24 7 you could have uh, robots that uh, prepare the road uh, robots that uh, uh, put the rebar in and uh, robots to pour the concrete and even robots to deliver the concrete. So, you know, we really live in a day and age where uh, machines are going to help us do the manual labor that is extremely slow and painful and costly. And so there's a lot of pressure on automation to deliver uh, functionality. So we could program robots and build robots for any process. That's not the issue. The issue is uh, resource to build the robot and uh, resources to, uh, and capabilities to make the robot perform the process. But then as you look at the future of automation and high tech and all the, the training that's going into that, you've got lots of universities that are training, you've got a lot of uh, knowledge base that's, that's talking about automation and uh, and we and so you know bringing that automation closer to real people is the key um, and so you know as we we look back on the automobile industry a lot of assembly was done by human beings and eventually all that those processes were replaced by machines the same is true with road construction, you know, today we might have lots of human uh, work to provide different functionality, painting the lines on the road, uh, uh, repairing the roads, building the roads, but eventually the machines can monitor the road, look for problem areas, rebuild the roads, and so you have a a continuous improvement improving system and so it's it's not like the system sits there your robot sits in the closet dormant most of the time and uh, no it's it's a it's going to be a constant monitoring system where the big equipment is working uh, and setting up the uh, setting up the, the structures and the same with buildings, you know, robots can excavate the land, get it all prepared. Robots then could uh, set down your foundation specific to the blueprint. And from that foundation, once it's prepared, they could assemble the steel structure, do the welding, uh, uh, connect the bolts, uh, hoist, the, hoist the, the beams up into place. And they could do it faster than human beings. And so that'll be the trade-off is these systems will perform very well. 
And then once you have one system that's uh, performing at a higher uh, rate of speed than uh, manual labor, and you can reduce down the cost, then scalability will occur, uh, where you know companies will be willing to spend millions of dollars to buy the equipment uh, to become more competitive. So they can reduce down their time to build, they can build more structures, and meet the demands of the consumer. So the world will continue moving forward, um, and we will see a lot of the innovations, but it really is not about innovation and efficiency, as I said. You know, in some cases, it's about uh, ideology and the people who are holding lots of power and money deciding uh, what, re what resources will be allowed to scale and which ones won't. And, and that's, where, um, that's where the efficiency argument starts to collapse is that once the, you get, uh, uh, where well, you have markets not driving those, those forces towards innovation, then you have uh, politics that are driving it and you're gonna have some skewed results. And so you, it's like building a road in the middle of nowhere that goes nowhere. You know, why did you build the road? Uh, you don't ask the question, you just build the, the superstructure and, uh, and for whatever reason, it, it sits out there and mega projects that uh, uh, provide no value. So uh, these, are, these are things that uh, must be answered and considered for uh, innovation to move forward. And we hope that uh, those innovations will uh, be market-driven so that, uh, um, that uh, the, the market is uh, creating the demand. It's not artificially being created. All right, work, signing off, till tomorrow.